And I've been waiting for Dr. Michael Grayson to, uh, with a bated breath since last Tuesday, <laughs> since he's been, since he was here. And today we've got a good one. He's talking about free mortgages. Yes. Um, and when Dennis Rodkin was on with me earlier, I was telling him about Dr. Grayson, and he is absolutely fascinated. And he was fascinated with what we've been doing uh, over these uh, weeks. And Dr. Grayson, I don't care if I go anywhere and people will recognize me or something, <laughs> they will say, Ooh, that man, Dr. Grayson, he is something else. I'm like, did you call him? You're like, yeah, I called him. Or either I'm going to call him. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. But like I said, um, I look forward to speaking with you on these Tuesdays. And if you don't know, he is with the Credit Debt management institute he's the founder he's written many books you need to go to his website uh if you want to find out anything about what they do at credit debt mess uh management institute uh you can go and he's going to give you all this information and we're on facebook live right now so if you have any comments or questions you can give us a call dr grayson take it away all right. Hey, I um, really appreciate this show every Tuesday. You know, during the week, we get so many phone calls, and your audience is so supportive. I mean, it blows me away, you know, how, you know, appreciative and, and, and how the compliments. I mean, I love it. You know, I appreciate it, and it encourages me to keep doing what I do. So I want to start today, before we go into our main topic, I want to pull two headlines that I think will, will really, really benefit the listeners. The first headline, and this was something I, I thought was amazing, and hopefully it's a trend for the future. We're always talking about student loan debt and how to, to manage in, in, in that student loan debt. And I found this very interesting. So Yale's drama school now goes tuition free. So the newly named David Geffen School of Drama at Yale University will no longer charge tuition for degree and certificate seeking students starting in the fall of 2021. Wow. So if you are looking for that type of education, Yale is obviously at the top of the food chain. It is now free. So please, listeners, you know, your friends, family, your kids, you know, get them to apply. It is now tuition free. You can go to Yale for free. Wow. Um, the second headline we wanted to go over, now CBS News did a report. They're tracking rent prices across the country. And everybody agrees that rent prices are going through the roof. So right now, uh, they're tracking it through real, realtor.com. So they said that just over last month, rent rates have increased 8%. So they're increasing, they've been increasing every month this year in anticipation of the moratorium dropping. Uh -huh. So once the moratorium on evictions drop, there's going to be a ton of folks, you know, who get foreclosed on or evicted, millions. So all those people will be out looking for rentals. So they are planning to really blow you away with these crazy rent prices and, uh, where allowed, they're going to be getting multiple security deposits. 
You know, it used to be out of control here in New York with multiple security deposits and uh, the, the local government had to regulate that, but they were really taking advantage of people with bad credit looking for rentals. So that's why I think today's topic is very timely. You know, the Chicago area is getting hit by crazy rent prices. It is actually now cheaper to own a home. Well, it's always cheaper to yes. own a home, but now it's ridiculously cheaper to own a home. So we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but I want to make sure we give it enough attention today so that you understand. So our, our tagline for today, and I want you to, to use this as a conversation starter on your social media, talk to your friends and family. Only poor people pay mortgages. Only poor <laughs> people pay mortgages. For everybody else, the mortgage pays itself. Your house should pay for itself. Only poor people struggle to pay mortgages because they have been programmed for financial self-destruction. So we want to understand what that means. So you take out your mortgage, you get the best rate that you qualify for. Ultimately, unless you have the lowest rate on the market, your next goal after you acquire your house is to increase your credit score, which we have talked about on this program. So you're increasing your credit score so that you can get the lowest um, the lowest mortgage rate on the market. So right now, mortgage rates are historically low. You can get rates under 3%. So that is almost giving a mortgage away. So everybody should be looking to either buy a new house or refi a house. Take renting off the table. You should be positioning yourself to buy or to rent. Even if you bought something that you didn't necessarily like a whole lot, you could rent it out and make a fortune just renting it out or Airbnb. Those kinds of markets are blowing up. So it's impossible to lose when you buy a house. Okay, so we what, have is the, credit. What, is uh-huh. the, what is the best optimum age, in your opinion, Dr. Grayson? For someone to purchase a house. Okay. In in our church, we teach teen credit. So all of our teens under 21, you know, all of our teens, we make sure their first piece of credit is always their checking account, which they get, you know, right before they turn 18. Then when they're, once they have a job, a full-time job, their second piece of credit is their car loan. But after they break 21, if they, as long as they have a, a full-time employment, we encourage our teens to start buying property. Some of them buy investment properties because they still might live at home, but they're actively buying, you know, at age 21, they're buying it. And some of them are really maximizing this principle. You know, we have a couple examples. Listen, they have focused more on it than I have, and they are better, you know, bigger landlords than I am. Some of our teens own a ton of property, it would blow your mind. Wow. Because what, you know, with the investment property, you know, part of the income qualification comes from the property itself and its potential. So we're actually starting to move some of our, our older youth into um, commercial real estate, but they always start, you know, once right around 21 to start buying their first piece of property. All right. The other question is now uh there. All right. Say you're long in the tooth. 
you're 60, uh-huh. you know, you're anywhere between 50 and 65. Is it a good idea yes. to become become a homeowner during that age? There's no question about it. There's no question about it. You know, that is really the time to focus on real estate because we want, the Bible says to leave an inheritance. And I don't care what kind of job you have. You know, life is tricky, and sometimes you cannot store up a lot of cash money. You haven't been successful at doing that. You only have a little money, but you want to leave a huge inheritance. You got a big family. The way to do that is through real estate. Mm-hmm. So what are we, and that's exactly the perfect segue into what we're talking about today, because your goal should be nobody should pass away you know, and leave less than a million dollars worth of real estate. (laughs) Everybody wants to have, should have a real estate portfolio. There's no reason not to have at least a $1 million portfolio so that you can pass a million dollars in wealth along to your family. So at, even if you're starting at 65, no matter what age you start at now, what has been tricky for seniors, because we push this heavily you know, in our church, we have a lot of seniors. And so uh, I get a lot of clients also who are seniors. And they're like, ah, oh, Dr. Grayson, I can't get a house. I can't qualify for a house. So part of the methodology for us to help our seniors, you have to be, even if you're on fixed income, you have to be gainfully employed to really qualify. So some of them, you know, don't want to go back into the, 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 the employment sector, yeah. but they will start their own business and work for their own business so that they can qualify for mortgages and increase their portfolio. So, yeah, that's an excellent question. A lot of people are concerned, but that is the best time to start buying. A a, a lot of people, and some of my relatives fell into this trap. They, at a certain age, you're like, I don't want no more debt. I don't want no more bills. I don't want to have to worry about it. And that is why this segment is very important, especially for the elderly folks who they're like, I don't want to deal with any more bills. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I'm going to use the um, example of one of my relatives who, and this, you know what, one of your clients, Oh, this is even better. One of your clients recently had approached me about um, this subject. So we had talked a while ago about, you know, pulling out the equity and that kind of thing. And so they called me and when we, we, we tracked the value of their home versus what she owed. And this young lady is on a fixed income. She's an elderly client mm-hmm. on a fixed income. Her house had $400,000 worth of equity. In it. And part of her reason for um, doing the, the equity line in the first place, because she had fell behind on some taxes and she had another property that they were threatening to take from her. Uh-huh. And all she needed was like 20 grand or something. Say that so again because you broke up. Surprise. How much did she all need? All she needed was $20,000. Okay. But her, her, her she had $400,000 worth of equity in mm-hmm. her property. Mm-hmm. So what we're in the process of doing for this young lady is we're going to do what's called a cash out refi. So everybody listening to this call, this call or this program today that has equity in their property should be doing a cash out refi. It's a unique situation where property values are extremely artificially high and 
interest rates are extremely artificially low. That never happens. That never happens in the marketplace. So that is only driven by COVID. Those two, it's a perfect storm of equity. So there's a ton of, and she was surprised. She was thinking that maybe she only had like $50,000 worth of equity. Wow. And, you know, she was barely going to have enough to pay these taxes off and do some other little things. So imagine her surprise to find out she has $400,000 worth of equity. So that is literally going to change her life. Now, again, her concern is, well, if I take out a big mortgage, you know, I'm older, I don't want to have to worry about paying the bill. No problem. So we set her up with one of our financial planners Mm -hmm. to do what we call self-liquidation. So there's not a lot of people that talk about self-liquidation, but at certain levels of income, that is all they do. But again, they don't want the average citizen using this type of methodology. So what the financial planner does for you, they will set up a high yield fund. So there's a lot of uh, uh, brokers out there who can help you with this, or if you don't have one, you can call me and I'll put you with my guy. He is an expert at it. So he'll, so if what's a high yield fund, what's a high yield? Okay. So a high yield, it's a brokerage account. Okay. So, you know, it's, it might be a mutual fund, whatever is performing very well. Now these, we use only the brokerage funds that have a guarantee, not a guarantee, but a consistent track record of high yield payments. So what that translates to today is anywhere from six to 10% annually. Mm -hmm. So your bank is probably less than 1%. Right. So you don't necessarily want to park, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 in a bank. So you want to put it in what's called a high yield fund. So there are high yield funds that actually pay a lot more than that, but they involve some degree of risk. So we want to mitigate risk with our clients. So even at seven or 8%, uh-huh. We've got Denise Crusoe on the line, and she says, okay. I'm closing on my condo cash deal Friday. How soon? I think okay. she's asking, how soon can she buy another condo in the near future? Well, once, if your debt to income will justify, so if this is a primary residence, then they're taking that into consideration. But now if you want to buy an investment property, uh, it's going to get down to a function of, of debt to income. Okay. So you obviously have the credit for it. So the best thing to do is, first of all, once you do a mortgage, it gets generates typically a lot of inquiries. So go back, clean the inquiries. Uh, if you're going to buy an investment property, make sure you understand how you're going to uh, monetize that property, whether it's Airbnb or uh, if you're going to to uh, lease it out mm-hmm. so that you can factor that into uh, the equation. Okay. But yeah. So it almost immediately, you know, sometimes uh, I do double closings, you know, for my own personal property. So I, I will usually close one to three properties simultaneously, but there's no, no real time limit on it. As long as you, you know, have the, the means to afford the property. But ideally, you might, if you have something, you know, in mind, no problem, you know, but we, we have a team that can help you if you want to close relatively quickly to help you adjust your income stream. Okay. 
Okay, so once you have the property, you're you're gonna talk to a financial planner, you're gonna decide. So typically we make sure the clients put a minimum of 20% of the equity into the high yield fund. But ideally you might wanna put half of the money. So this young lady really had no plans for 400 grand. Mm -hmm. So she's gonna put half of that money into the high yield account. And even at $200,000, you know, I think she was living off of 800 bucks a month. It will radically, you know, improve her lifestyle. And, and at that age, you know, let her enjoy the, the balance of her life. But with the money in the brokerage account in the high yield fund, now you set that up on auto pay. You set it up on auto pay so that it pays the mortgage and in some cases, if you have enough equity, we can set it up so it pays all of your bills. So we, what we want to calculate, we want the fund to pay off at least five years of your mortgage. So that way you don't have to worry about five it. So years at least of your five mortgage. Years of mortgage. That yeah. is incredible. So in her scenario, she, she could pay on that mortgage for about five to 10 years, but at least uh, you put enough in to pay five years. So the way you can figure this is, so on a $100,000 mortgage, it's costing you about 600 bucks a month on a $100,000 mortgage, it's costing you about 600 bucks a month. So with 6,500 bucks uh, in a brokerage account, gaining interest, that will cover about a year's worth of mortgage on a $100,000 house. And it so does collect interest. Pay. I mean, and that high yield account, it will get interest. And the reason why I'm asking, somebody asked me, um, I've got $100,000 in a savings account in a bank. And when you mentioned the high, right. high yield account, um, I'm just curious whether or not um, if you have a broker or, or you have a financial planner would it be to your advantage to tell your um, financial planner, I'm interested in a high yield account? I have I have six figures. Well, there's no qu no question about it. Wow. Because with six figures, that will generate enough. Just the interest alone will start. You can use that to start paying off your bills. And then, you know, the way we set it up for, for our, our, our clients we, we want to get to a point where the interest is paying most of your bills, you know, and then you feed the account as you see fit. So even in this scenario where, you know, for five years, your mortgage payment is covered by the high yield account, but realistically, you should still be participating in that account. So let's say I got a five-year buffer. My mortgage is $1,500 a month which ordinarily I, maybe without the money I took out of equity, I only make 1500 a month. So I can't afford that mortgage, but it's covered for five years. So now you can pay on your house, whatever you can really afford this month. So this month I got a hundred extra dollars next month. I might have 500 extra dollars, but I created my own mortgage payment that starts at $0 per month. And wow. that's how you should pay a mortgage. Wow. There's no stress. I've right. taken all the stress out of owning property, even commercial property. 
And that way, especially if you do this with your rental properties, you're not, most people buy a rental property, they don't cash out of the rental property. And now they're stressed out if the, the tenants vacate or they stop paying you, you know, they get a, a moratorium, heaven forbid, comes again. Now you have no rental coming in, but you still owe your mortgage. Right. Payment. So that's why the brokerage account becomes, you know, instrumental in preserving your credit and your peace of mind. Well, I so bet you I that these pay- landlords out here will never be in this position again since you <laughs> told them to get this brokerage account. That could have saved them yes. a lot of uh, you know, headaches that uh, these landlords, I mean, I feel bad for these landlords. They have taken a huge yeah. hit and, oh, you know, going I, into I, their no retirement way. to pay the mortgage. I bet you that'll never happen if they're listening to you today. And, you know, everybody's pushing for more and more moratorium, which at a certain point you have to weigh in on the side of the property owners right. who are struggling as well. And this is only creating a worse struggle. But fortunately for most of our clients, set up this type of uh, structure for them so that they know we don't let the tenants pay our mortgages. The mortgages are on auto bill pay mm-hmm. because tenants, you know, that money fluctuates. So if the tenants pay us, then good. We feed the brokerage account, but it's not, you know, predicated on them paying us or not. Because, you know, sometimes tenants run into problems. You never want to run into a problem with a mortgage. Okay. So you're self-liquidating the account. Yes. Sheree you're Chapman. self-liquidating and, and even as many of your bills as possible. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Sheree Chapman, she says, how can we find out if we have cash value or equity in the house? How do you okay, figure that the out? The quickest, easiest way, there's two good sources uh, housevalues.com gives you a very good general idea and also Zillow. Now, if you want a real detailed, uh, more concise value, if you find a local realtor, all realtors have access to comps. And those are the comparable values of other homes in your neighborhood. If you call a, uh, your local realtor, they will give you the comps on your house for free. And these comps are very accurate because they're the same tool that an appraiser will base his values on. So typically, if you get the comps, you know exactly where the house stands in terms of equity, and you can start positioning yourself. So I'm glad you brought that up, caller, because ideally, everybody listening to this program that owns a house should just do me a favor. Just pull the comps on your house. You know, just like this young lady was shocked right. to find out she had four hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in her Chicago home, you, you might be surprised. I mean, if you have more than fifty k in equity, I would say pull it while you still can. Okay. If you have fifty k, you could lose that over the next six to twelve months when the uh, the foreclosures kick in. And the market gets depressed. So you want to know that money now before how much equity? Because you yes. told us last week, if you have equity, take the equity out, put it in a in a yes. bank account, put it in a high yield account, something that that makes sense, right, Doctor Grayson? There's no question about it. Please take your equity out if you're sitting if it's sitting in your house if it's trapped 
in your house, you're just waiting for it to disappear. When the market values go back down and adjust, you just burned a hundred grand. You, I hope you enjoyed it. You know, you burned a hundred grand and you got nothing out of it. At least if you went to Vegas and, and blew a hundred G's, you have the memories of partying in Vegas and blowing a hundred G's. Mm-hmm. But just leaving it in your house to for the equity to, to die, that is not a good strategy. All right, we've got to Pull wrap up. Out. We've got to okay. wrap up, Doctor Grayson. So, uh, tell yes, our ma'am. yeah, let, what do you want to leave our listeners with? And don't forget to give out okay. the telephone number and the email address. Okay, you know, guys, I really appreciate your support and your well wishes. Please, if you have any problems, we don't charge for the consultation. You just got to bear with me because we get a lot per week, but I, I'm, I'm doing it four days a week from open to close. We do 15 minute consultations. Uh, please call us 718-481-3363. That number again, 718-481-3363. Or you can go to our website and get some more information. It's called cdmionline.com. It stands for Credit Debt Management Institute, online.com. You know, feel free to call me. It's not, it doesn't always have to be about purchasing a service. If you need some advice, you know, some some of the folks have called, you know, they're on a fixed income. They have, a, they're unemployed. They still need help. That's what I'm here for. You know, we're 501c3. So anytime we can help you and just help you, I'm going to do that. You know, so please call. I appreciate you. All right, Dr. Grayson, a lot of good information today. Um, Not any more than we usually get, but this was really helpful uh, because I'm going to be talking to my broker about a high-yield account. Uh, It doesn't make sense to have, you know, money in the bank like that and with the interest rate of 1%. So that's my next move. Thank you so much. And I didn't have to pay you. Always a pleasure. (laughs) I can't wait to see you next week. I can't either.